we have to experience. We have to experience ourselves in that unity conscious, that one moment in a meditation, that one moment in a ceremony where we all of a sudden dissolve into the oneness of, of, of all and feel the butterfly as me and feel this as me. This is the existential. And, you know, we can talk about it, but it's all philosophy until we have that moment of awareness. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today's guest is White Eagle Medicine Woman. White Eagle is a shamanic healer, seer, trance medium, author, speaker, teacher, and ceremonial and performance artist. Her adventurous life began early when at the age of 19 she moved to Alaska and became the youngest woman to climb Denali, North America's highest peak. In the late 90s, she received a vision in dreams with indigenous grandmothers to create the world's largest healing drum, beginning in 2000 and taking over a year to construct. White Eagle and the multicultural Alaskan community built the seven-foot crystal-inlaid Grandmother Drum. In 2001, White Eagle and Grandmother Drum were launched on their first of many world peace tours, drumming up awareness of Earth's sustainable projects. Since then, she has traveled over a million miles, touching a million people in 20 countries, promoting unity, peace, tribal reconciliation, and Earth sustainability. Hi, everybody. I sure hope you're enjoying all the podcasts. You know, I was first introduced to the Whirling Rainbow Foundation and the Grandmother Drum International Peace Project by one of my best friends and my longest-running client, Jason Picard. Jason is one of the most intelligent, discerning people I know, and when he found White Eagle and began fulfilling his desire to master shamanism, creating and singing sacred songs, the drum, and the flute through the Whirling Rainbow Foundation, I was very impressed with the effect it had on him at a soul level. Jason suggested I look into White Eagle and consider her as a guest on my podcast, so I did just that. I was touched deeply by White Eagle's Grandmother Drum International Peace Project and the stories of all that she's been through herself to bring messages of love, connection, unity, peace, harmony, and the importance of loving and caring for Mother Earth, not to mention each other. In this informative podcast, you will not only get to hear samples of White Eagle's amazing music, we will dive into her journey as she carried Grandmother Drum, a massive seven-foot drum around the world multiple times to bring peace and integration to peoples of all walks of life. In her journey to bring peace, White Eagle has endured a lot of deep challenges with people and even had multiple threats on her life. She shares the enlightening challenges of her own healing on many levels, the drum as an integrating force for healing, and how she constructed Grandmother Drum, she talks about the medicine wheel, the five sacred purposes, and more. She's an honest, powerful leader and teacher for us all, and I hope you enjoy White Eagle and feel inspired to explore the Whirling Rainbow Foundation and Grandmother Drum projects after listening to this wise woman's heart speak deep truths. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, I'm super excited to share White Eagle. She is a shaman, a medicine woman. She's very, very amazing with her drumming, and she has created a worldwide movement using Mother Drum, which she will talk about. 
And I was introduced to White Eagle's work by my longest running client, one of my very best friends in the world, Jason Picard, who is studying with White Eagle and just absolutely loves what she teaches. And I knew she must be good because he's one of the most highly intelligent, highly discerning, critical thinkers I've ever met. And when he came to me and said, Paul, you really got to check out White Eagle. She's the real deal. I started having a look and I loved what I found. So White Eagle, welcome to Living 4D. Wow. I get introduced that way plus 4D, I think. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) We're here. Here we are. The 4D is my four doctor model. Dr. Happiness, Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, and Dr. Movement. Uh, I, I, long story made short through 36 years in the holistic health business and education and rehabilitation. I realized if a person doesn't have awareness of what's happy making for them, doesn't keep their body moving effectively to support their health and achieve their dreams, eat for their individual needs and get adequate rest and have introspection time, it's impossible for them to achieve well-being and be healthy for the long run. So I built my whole institute on that four doctor model. Oh, well, you know, in the shamanic teachings, the root of all teachings, of course, is the medicine wheel and those four primary things, you know, people talk about ascension. And I say, uh, how about descension? How about stop checking out of your body and come down and bring that spiritual essence into the third dimension and through the, you know, the elemental energies. So shamanism to me has always been the most complete psychology uh, because we deal with the primary elements of this dimension and, and earth and how we learn directly from them how, of the awakening process and what I call spiritual sense, sensuality. Actually, it wasn't even coined by me. It was coined by um, a beautiful kahuna elder we work with, uh, Harry Uhani Jim. He's just a magic man, and and I love that term. And I understood it a little bit differently from my own walk, but I loved how he brought that uh, to clarity for everyone um, in one of our shamanism schools that we do in Hawaii. Yes, it's lovely. If you look at the tree of life in Kabbalah, all the higher stages integrate themselves down here at the bottom on the earth plane. And so, you know, people are always trying to get out or get to some ascended place or be enlightened. And I keep reminding them, everything that you're looking for is right here. <laughs> exactly. look no further than the mirror (laughs) yeah a little bit of the wizard of oz which is my favorite shamanic story actually there you go yeah (laughs) penny penny loves all those things harry potter wizard of oz all that stuff yeah because that's what it was all about she went on that journey with the four elementals and uh, realized that the wizard was inside of her herself and that she could go home anytime she chose so and that's our that's our call from spirit Yes. You know, uh, before we get rolling into some of the things I wanted to talk to you about, I watched your uh, Mother Drum movie. Uh, What's the rest of the title on that movie? Uh, Grandmother Drum, Awakening the Global Heart. I I, I must say, uh, I cried about three times. Mm -hmm. It was pretty moving and pretty potent and pretty amazingly beautiful. So, I want to start off by letting people know if you really want to see what shamanism is all about and 
pick up White Eagle's spirit and many amazing people. You had Mickey Hart in there. You had some of the most famous people out there. I saw some names that I immediately recognized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that was the quest of the grandmothers. And really, you know, my my life's purpose was to, you know, manifest this unbelievable thing that I saw in my dreams uh, and that they instructed me with. And I still didn't have a clue um, of what was going to happen and the initiations that I would go through. Uh, to bring that uh, seven-foot crystal inlaid drum all around the world, 20 countries, uh, hundreds of tribes. And, you know, I think that, you know, the person that was most honed through that process was myself. And here oh I my God, yes. bringing it to the world, but um, really the world was awakening me with, with the journey. And that heartbeat and the incredible... Uh, frequency that grandmother drum puts out, which we've now learned is, is solfeggio frequencies, um, is so powerful that it activates people's entire energy field, uh, to really, uh, awaken what they have most wanted and to clear all the things that have been obstacles in their life to be in resonance uh, with the rhythm of mother earth and their own true purpose. So it's, it was, um, a magical mystery tour. <laughs> That's a, that's a big object to move around the world. How much does that drum weigh? Well, the crate when it goes in air, I mean, that's all of our merchandise and all of our sound equipment and all of that is uh, a couple of thousand, but you know, it's a ton. It's a ton. So I thought when I ended a, a wilderness career that I had and uh, had a nonprofit wilderness organization for women, that I would stop carrying backpacks and heavy weight on my back. And then we went from a, a bag lady to a crate lady. Um, and that was 2000 pounds going in air and across, you know, the outback of Australia on a trailer and, you know, it's like what we did, the Copper Canyon of Mexico in the back of a pickup truck and to wow. meet the indigenous people and help them with activating the cornfields before the planting season. And it, it's, it's been one unbelievable journey and, um, a journey of the heart, a journey of the soul and of reconciliation, um, to the truth of who we are and the love that is beyond all separations and all um, self-loathing and self-hatred, uh, which projects itself out as uh, racism and all sorts of other issues. Uh, but it all comes from within our own, within our own psyche, within our own past lives, within our own, you know, accountability. So it was a, a powerful journey of my own reckoning. And I think the rest of those who participated in the process also talk about it so powerfully. Like I met the grandmother and it changed my life. And, you know, you, you think to yourself, you, you don't mean a round sphere of wood with a hide on it. Um, you mean the voice of creation. Yes. I love the parts of the film where you showed how the drum was constructed I love the triple spiral pattern from the Celtic philosophy. Um, I really just thought it was an amazing journey. But I'll tell you what was one of the most stunning things in that movie was was your costume as an eagle. That was mind-blowing. Mm, mm. That That's very moving. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that as Native people, we don't call it a costume. We call it a regalia. It is very sacred to Indigenous people. And um, I was... I was given much of my uh, information or my my journey directly from spirit. I'm I'm not raised in the tribe. I have ancestry, but I was given these um, 
charges by spirit and dreams with the vivid descriptions of what I looked like in the ceremonies to, you know, all of that. And it's, you know, was a beautiful name given to me by an Aleut medicine man, a white eagle woman. And then when I was going across Australia, um, the Maori grandmother that toured with us kept calling me white eagle medicine woman. And I said, no, auntie, it's white eagle woman. And I would correct her every venue across Australia. And she looked at me one day and she said, I know what your name is. <laughs> I'm the grandmother. Listen up. So, so uh, that's their way of saying you just received uh, a medicine name from us. And uh, so I took that on, which was incredibly controversial, um, which my career has been in general. Uh, and so I had to kind of um, own that and also uh, release it at the same time because we're all medicine people. You know, it doesn't really matter. Um, and our medicine has to be tested again and again and again to see if it's it's really, you know, been purified, you know, in that sacred flame of truth, uh, transparency, divine will. So, you know, as I said to them in the very early days, um, you know, this is way over my head. There are way better people for this job. And they agreed with me. They said, we know. <laughs> yeah, no. but we're not said, asking them we're asking you like, oh, well you know and they said but we don't call the qualified <laughs> well, there's no do. growth in that yeah, it, it, exactly you got it and the second line to that is but we do qualify the calls yes there you go and i said that to people because you know there's so much and, and i know some of your questions were a little bit about um what i feel as a shaman um you know, we have people that have had shamanic lineages for thousands of years, and then we have, you know, new age practitioners. And I think that we have to come humbly to our teachings, no matter who we think we are, whether we have lineage or not, because that's just another layer of spiritual ego. But we do have to uh, be accountable to the medicine that, that we have been called to and ask for that attunement from them directly. Uh, by giving us those opportunities, by asking us, and the grandparents had asked me to gain the support of local tribes here, get get elders on board uh, to pray for me because they knew that it would be controversial and it, they knew I would be in the heat of things throughout the world. And I had a wonderful uh, community of elders of all different nations that uh, took on the role of the real drum keepers of Grandmother Drum. And uh, me as a, her carrier going out there and going, oh, I'm going to grow up on this journey and they're going to pray that I do. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a lot of responsibility. And from what I can see, you've done a, an amazing job stepping into the role of of being a leader and to inspire people and to be a catalyst for transformation. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. The fact that you're here is evidence that you're searching. You're looking into the possibility of bettering yourself, improving the lives of those around you, and maybe even the world. Maybe you're looking for some like-minded people to share the journey with you. That's great, and I hope you're finding all of that here and even more. But feeling a sense of belonging can only get you so far. Getting involved and making a real contribution is what sparks true responsibility and meaning in our lives. 
That's why I founded the Czech Academy and created an educational system that can help anyone become an elite, well-paid, holistic health professional, regardless of prior experience. I created the Academy for people just like you. It's for busy people, people with commitments, people who want to make a change in their lives and a real difference in their clients' lives and the world, and you can build the skills you need and still honor your job and commitments because the Academy is all about quality over quantity. You can complete all of our educational materials within as little as five hours a week and begin to practice your new skills immediately. I've designed the lessons to be that digestible for any student. Plus, you'll have the support of exclusive online workshops, group mentor calls, and of course, your fellow students. It's everything you'll need to become a world-class holistic health practitioner and a real difference maker in the lives of those around you. Go to chekinstitute.com forward slash academy. That's checkinstitute.com forward slash academy to apply and get a free consultation with our career advisors and learn more. Applications are open until November 15th, but I may have to close it down earlier because we've had a lot of applications and there are limited seats in the academy. We try to keep the class numbers down so that there's a lot more instructor contact and better depth and penetration of learning. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you in the Academy, where we achieve personal well-being and share our love and wisdom with the world. It only took me about three seconds looking at your website to pick up your vibration. And I've practiced shamanism for a long time and uh, have been involved in holistic health and, and all sorts of healing arts. And uh, so I have quite a, a diverse background and I'm a very sensitive person and I pretty much can read the energy on whatever the situation is quick. And even though Jason had already told me a lot about you, and as I said in the introduction, he is one of the smartest, most capable, discerning people I've ever met. And so he's not somebody that would be working with you if he did not truly sense your authenticity. So first he told me, and, and he really encouraged me to connect to you and potentially interview you. So I went and looked and read and got sense wow she's really the real deal so i need to talk to her and of course i asked my soul and got a very powerful yes so i always talk to the god within myself called soul first and that's my compass so here we are isn't it great
Oh, wow. That's really, it's an honor. And I give so much of that um, initiatory work that has gone on for me for the last 20 years to Indigenous people who have taken me in and, and honed me and, and, you know, let me apprentice with them, let me learn from them, and watching the elders as they dealt with conflict mediation, um, whether it was with, with the tribe itself or outside of the tribe. And I'm talking about elders not necessarily just people over 52, which in most uh, traditions is the first stage of elderhood, uh, four cycles of 13 years. Um, but we know in those villages, they would say, you got to go speak to the elders. They didn't mean just anybody over that age, but everybody knew who they were. So there was always a difference between those with a lowercase e and those with an uppercase e for elder. And, and they were the people, and I witnessed this, um, which of course in this life, I'm a mixed blood. I have Turkish, I'm Jewish, I, you know, Native American, I have, I'm a mutt. And I didn't grow up in that real traditional way. And when I'm around those environments and I witness how these elders move, I think I, I haven't seen that many of our elders in the mainstream world speaking like this. Uh, we have a handful of them, but in these tribes, there's many of them. And uh, when I spoke in Australia on the sorry business, they call it, it's the reconciliation of the, the stolen children across Australia. And I spoke at that gathering. I said, you know, um, I hear different people standing up here who are still, who are still angry. And we're seeing this right now with racism in our, in our own country that are still really angry and, and in that fight of the white and the black or the native and non-native or whatever it is. And um, I said to them, you know, you are perfect where you are right now, but just know that this isn't the end of that journey. And when the elders got up, they never spoke about the separation <laughs> in their uh -huh. talk. They just never did. And they would talk about the coming together, but they would not go back into that scratching of the wound, as the elders say, you know, a scratched wound never heals. So they didn't go and scratch it and scratch it and go over, um, you know, the taking of their children again and again, which the younger generation of elders would, but they were already past it. They were past that point. And I say, it's, it's perfect where we are. And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, when she came out with the first precepts of death and dying work, it's the same. It's that, that denial in the beginning. And then there's the anger. And then there's finally acceptance and then moving into loving beyond all separation, loving in spite of. And that is what I watched these elders do. And I tried to mimic it. I tried to work with it, even in the uh, situations, both in Australia, Israel, where I was attacked live in front of the group uh, wow. in, in our country. A group of young people came in, broke into our performance and tried to smash the drum live. Uh, with police taking them down. So, you know, I've been in the heat of it and I haven't always been perfectly successful at articulating that transformative communication, which I believe the drum has allowed me to understand the voice of creation and how to work with that voice uh, for the transformative way we treat one another. Now, despite our different opinions about any given thing, um, there's a way that we can connect to what is connecting us rather than what's separating us. And this has been the essence of the work and also the essence of personal wellness work. 
Well, you know, I'll just make a comment there that what connects us is the truth and what separates us is an illusion mostly based on um, programming. Well, I agree to a point of that, but the illusion of um, what happened to indigenous people uh, or people of color in our world is, is, is palpable. It's, it's real in that sense. Um, and I, what I distinguish here is the human journey versus the spiritual journey. Okay. The human journey, these were atrocities. Like there's no question. I've sat in hundreds of circles where it'll melt you to the ground, brother. It will just unbelievable things uh, that happened in Australia, uh, that happened in this country with absolute torture and, um, you know, the kind of evil that is sort of beyond all knowing. Uh, but when we begin to use those persecutions and those crucifixions um, to awaken, like, I mean, we use the, the Christ example, um, and, you know, I'm not attached to that particular story, but that story that gives us, I'm on the cross, and I say, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And then I ascend, and then I I resurrect from the dead because it doesn't mean if it's literal or metaphorical, it's not even important. The important is it's a truth. That is the truth of spiritual uh, reality that you ascend and you transmute all of that karma and all of that um, persecution and victimhood and persecutor, rescuer triangle that we all learned in psychology, (laughs) you go beyond. And that's where we are getting invited now. We're, we're in the height of persecution. We're in height of lies and, and, and false information and all this kind of stuff to uh, wake ourselves up. It's almost like the record has sped up, you know, before the battery dies, you know, whenever you have the batteries in that everything speeds up for a little while and then it completely collapses. And, uh, we are in that right now. We're in the speeding up of that old reality and the old consciousness of us and them and, and separation and persecution and all the pain that we've wrought on each other by being the victim or persecutor in any given life um, and to owning that and owning the only way to transmute that is from within. Like there is some justice we can of course do in our political situation or social environments that have to change in order to balance the hoop. And, and I hear that from indigenous people and I hear that uh, from people of color all over the world. And at the same time, there's an accountability that we have to transmute it. Now we have to be those elders that walk through the fire and say, yep, I was a victim of this. I was in the Holocaust. I was in this. And I'm choosing to trust again and love again um, with boundaries. It doesn't mean we don't have boundaries when we love fully and un- unconditionally. doesn't mean we don't have physical boundaries of what's good for me in this moment. Like I'm not going to stand in the, the line of fire uh, physically, you know, and get shot or whatever, you know. We can set those, but still keep the heart fully open and take accountability uh, for our own consciousness and the, how we're responding to what's happening. And that takes so much courage. And that's, to me, what separates the, um, what were you terming it? Some of the the um, self-proclaimed um, shamans, <laughs> you know, out there, yeah. you know, and we're all self-proclaimed. 
Like, so what? So, but are you able to, to do that work? Are you in that fire? Are you willing to be humble and burnished? Um, and my career was one continuing, continuous burnishing process. Um, and I didn't like it at the time, but then I knew because of the spiritual guidance that I had and all the elders that I worked with that those people who were doing it to, to me, in my opinion, were actually giving me the opportunity to rise. It's so easy when everybody loves you, you know, it just is. <laughs> and not until you're stuck in that fire, you know, and they say, you know, like tea bags, um, till you're in hot water, we don't know how much real medicine you have. And that's exactly what the elder, one of our first elders said to me in the first month that I finally got the courage to speak up about the dreams. Yes. I think you took my comment uh, one step forward of what I was intending. The people doing the separation, stealing the Aboriginal children, Hitler trying to take the world over. That's what I mean. They're op operating on an illusion of separation. But as we heal, I define one definition I use for spirituality is connecting to a progressively larger whole. And as we heal, we reach a certain point where we realize separation is an illusion. And it's things that we were usually taught by our parents and our culture that we're acting out unconsciously. But once we heal, we realize that it's the people of other co colors, other religions, other uh, ethnic diversities that make the world so magical and beautiful. And we look back on our life usually in awe that we made it that far with so many illusions within ourselves because the truth is unity. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and that is the, um, the, the part that we have to experience. We have to experience ourselves in that unity conscious, that one moment in a meditation, that one moment in a ceremony where we all of a sudden dissolve into the oneness of, of, of all and feel the butterfly as me and feel this as me. This is the existential. And, you know, we can talk about it, but it's all philosophy until we have that moment of awareness. And once we have it, we can't unhave it. We can't not have it anymore. We can forget, we can deny, but we can't unknow. And I feel that our role in this is to create opportunities for people to experience themselves as the divine, as that, as that unity consciousness. And once they have, in whatever path that they choose, whether it's meditation or drumming or, you know, we as a foundation, our whole precept is that whirling rainbow prophecy and promise of the coming together of all that diversity, all those nations for the good of the whole. And so we get to learn all of these potential shamanic, um, spiritual, occult teachings from the world that might just break our heart, mind, soul open and have that personal experience. And without that, again, you know, we can follow along, we can do the ritual, but we are doing ceremony or doing ritual or doing meditation is an oxy. All of those are oxymorons because you can't do meditation. It's a non-doing. <laughs> so you can't do ceremony either. You become ceremony. That's our indigenous understanding is that 
we be, we do ceremony to become ceremony. We're doing the ritual of the water so that when I turn on the faucet, I'm still doing the same kind of prayer work, not just on the, you know, the holy water ceremony of the year, you know, that we are, everything is holy ground and we, we approach it with reverence. And to me, that's true. The true religion in my understanding is religiousness is when we get on our knees in humility to the absolute glory that we already live in heaven. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, it's already here. Sorry to upset your apple cart, you know, but it's already here. And now, as soon as you say so. Hello, everybody. In my career as a holistic health practitioner, I've seen a long string of cases of people that showed signs of protein deficiency on lab testing, even though they were eating plenty of protein from animal sources. The problem was that they were eating commercially raised animals, which are loaded with dangerous toxic farming chemicals, antibiotics, and other drug residues, and the garbage stuffs that they feed commercially raised animals. I've also rehabilitated a long string of vegans and vegetarians who were suffering serious hormonal and physiological imbalances because they were living off commercially raised plant foods, which are also toxic. Additionally, not everyone has the genetic profile, enzymes, or capacity to extract protein from plants, which is trapped in a fiber matrix of the plant. Without exception, and through lab testing, I identified that 100% of these people had leaky gut syndrome, ranging from mild to severe which means that they were developing immune antibodies against everything they were eating, leaving them between a rock and a hard place when it came to finding foods they could eat without further inflaming their guts. One of my professional aids to healing has always been to find super clean, highly nutritious sources of protein that is easily digested, absorbed, and combined with other vital nutrients that people need to heal and regenerate their bodies effectively and efficiently. One of my go-to products for organic, clean, nutritious, high-density protein is Organifi's Complete Protein All-in-One Mix. This amazing protein powder is 100% certified organic, plant-based, with no soy or whey, making it great for people with sensitivities to common food offenders, and it comes complete with organic source multivitamins and digestive enzymes to enhance digestion, absorption, metabolism, and assimilation. Not only will Organifi's Complete Protein help meet your protein needs, it's gut-friendly, super clean, free of additives, preservatives, and colorings that irritate the gut, tastes great, and is great for the whole family, and can greatly enhance recovery from training and developing more lean muscle mass. To get your Organifi Complete Protein in vanilla or chocolate flavor, go to Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, And on checkout, use the code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K20 to get your special 20% Living 4D discount, which applies to all Organifi products. So shop around while you're there and enjoy the great organic food for you and your whole family.
I teach my students, uh, Edward Edinger, MD, who is a famous Jungian psycho, uh, psychoanalysis and Jungian analyst, uh, defines consciousness as a psychic substance produced not blindly, but in living awareness of opposites. And the entire universe is made of these complementary opposites. There's without limitation, there's no form. And so engaging the opposites, even though they're relative and often complementary, but perceived as diametric opposites, be it black and white or uh, right and wrong or should and shouldn't, etc. It's only through the process of coming in, into encounters with the results of our beliefs, our choices and our actions and experiencing what they produce in our life and in the world that we come to the greater realization that we can make more informed choices. And it takes us a while to learn from other people's pain and mistakes. And oftentimes we have to go through our own. And I think the deeper truth is whatever we call God can't know itself without these polarities. And God's not hiding from the dark stuff because uh, that would not really represent the truth of what God is. Therefore, there is no um, way to eradicate everything we don't like because what is good is for one is, is not good for another. All these things are relative realities, but ultimately if we learn to create harmony by working with the complementary opposites, then we go through this process that you're describing and we find ourselves much more capable to use these complementary opposites in ways that are um, more likely to bring harmony and equanimity than dissonance. Mm, that's very well said. I, I feel like, you know, as I hear you say that the word harmony, I just think of music as medicine because that is how people come into that, that reconciliation of, of opposites. It's like the music just kind of guides us to that place. And I, as you know, when I first toured the world and we started the project, it was the grandmother drum project. And one of the elders looked at me and said, no, it's the grandmother drum international peace project. And I said, peace project. I can't do peace work. That means I'm going to be hanging out in conflict stuff, you know? And she just was clear that it was a peace project. And for me, I went around in the first years thinking, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go around and bring peace on earth, you know? Um, and that was just a, a great, um, you know, ego trip of sorts. Um, and I realized, wow, you know, um, maybe that, that this plane and that the third dimension earth existence is not even about that. It's about being able to navigate the polarity um, and that this place is a place of learning and growing and not like, oh, you know, we're going to live in some utopia. And once I figured that out, then it was like, oh, how can I bring harmony? It was different than peace. It's a different thing because harmonization is taking anything that is thrown at you and um, utilizing it. You know, um, Kristen Hugens, many, many years ago, scientists put clocks in a room and they were all ticking separately. And then all of a sudden they all locked up together. Yeah, synchronized. Yeah. And that, that synchronization is the natural law. It's, it's what creation wants to do. 
and we can find a place of that. And music is, of course, such a powerful medicine to show us the way. It's it's like the pure language rather than us talking about it. It is actually the pure language of harmonics, which is why we work so much with music as medicine in our work, sound healing, solfeggio frequencies, all frequencies of harmonization. And they are the solfeggio, which was rediscovered, really, it's not discovered. But um, those frequencies are what I've learned about them more experientially, because people are still on the cutting edge of trying to claim they know what those are for, um, that we're utilizing is really, um, they're not even frequencies unto themselves. What I've learned, and I have these huge tuning tubes made by, you know, just this wonderful uh, sound healing specialist, Randy Masters, is that when I took them out in the desert and I started using them day after day um, in Baja, I started realizing that they were drawing frequencies to them and harmonizing all of those frequencies into one. And it was like a completely like, oh, we're going to strike this tuning fork and it's going to harmonize us because it's the right frequency. No, it actually took all the disparate frequencies and made them unified, <laughs> like a magnet, like a, you know, like a radar tower. Well, radar goes outward, so it would have to, whatever would be magnetically, uh, it would draw to itself and then um, fill in the spaces between those frequencies to harmonize them. And I thought, wow, that's kind of a whole different uh, concept of harmony. Dr. Medicine Wolf, he's a, he's an Iroquois uh, man and he says we have four reasons to be here, um, to love, to steward, to bring harmony. You know, these are the key things, to love, to worship, to bring harmony. You said four, but I only picked up three. To love, to worship, to bring harmony. Oh, that's good. I did say three, didn't I? Well, then I mean, it's probably the fourth one I need because, you know, usually when you forget the fourth one, it's something that's a medicine for you right now. Probably to celebrate. To steward. I think I said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Steward. Yeah. Yeah. You said it different a couple of times. So I was just missing uh, what was the four, but uh, that's okay. We got it. You know, the thing too is music, music is well known as a universal language. So I think that's one of the things that uh, makes music so powerful is that it, it's a language that we all understand below the cognitive level of interpretation. I think it's more archetypal, instinctual, and visceral. Well, and we have four um, key shamanic instruments to what we call the medicine wheel or the elements. And the drum is our South instrument. And it is really the oldest sound we heard coming into this life is our mother's heartbeat. So when people get laid under this seven foot thundering, and I know you're going to be playing some, some tracks throughout the recording and, you know, of grandmother drum. And when people lay under that, you know, seven foot of thunder of vibrating the floor and then the crystal matrix sounding a little bit like a crystal bowl droning out from it. Um, they all say the same thing. It doesn't matter what country, what language they come up from there and go, I, you know, I was back in the womb. I, I remembered why I'm here, you know, and, uh, it's a recognition. It's not so much even a musical instrument as it is a soul recognition, um, an affirmation of life and coming here. And I think that's why, uh, people do say, you know, I met the grandmother and changed my life, uh, is because there's an opening that is beyond words, um, 
again, it's that existential experience that you have with yourself and the divine. And that's the oldest uh, sound of memory. That's why, you know, I was doing shamanic work for years, years and years. And when the grandmother drum was, was finally given and, and we did that, I thought, oh, this is just so much better than sitting with people in sessions and coming back over and over and regurgitating stuff. They are just, that drum just slices through everything. It just, oh my God, you know, everybody's like, I, I'm on my path now. You know, it's not this, um, because the frequency is just... Uh, bringing them into the true essence of themselves. And so there isn't this trying to process like in psychology and process work and all these different trainings we get and we're processing with people. And then I found that, you know, when I started to do drum work, um, it just was exponential to people's healing process. It just moved and I didn't feel stuck with people again and again, keeping coming back and repeating the same patterns and, and la la la. They would just get two things, the opening to the soul. And the second thing was power because the drum, you know, we all know that from rock concerts, right? We go, we will rock and we're all on our seats, you know, and uh, when we do our performances uh, across the world, we say first that we're going to rock you and then we're going to rock you. You know, know, one of the things I love about your mother drum from this perspective is that people get to get involved in creating the sound by hitting the drum. So where oftentimes if a shaman's drumming, the recipient's having a passive experience, but each of the people in many instances I saw in your movie, they're actually verbing the drum. They're not nouning it. They're verbing it. So. They're they're getting to be not only the recipient, but the creator of that healing vibration. So I think from my observation, it imparts a sense of ownership to the process that they're engaging, and it's not being solely imparted to them by you. Absolutely. You know, it's the Africans that say that, you know, you can talk, you can sing, you can walk, you can dance. It, the drum belongs to all of us. It's accessible. I, you know, I sometimes there's been tribes that, you know, don't have women on the drum or this doesn't happen or that. And we just say everyone is welcome on our drum. Um, as long as they are clean and sober, they are invited on. This is their, this is their soul. This is their heartbeat. This isn't mine you know it's 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 belongs to all of us and so yeah the first part they get to be receptive in the ceremony and then they're all on it um and there's a part that we actually do um a circle type song where everybody gets to put in their power song um around the circle and that is like mind-blowing to people when um we do that and we also in the workshops we um talk about the four songs of the medicine wheel and how we need to claim those four songs and the East song is our power song. This is the one that takes us to the edge. Um, and I literally hand the sticks to people, give them full reign on grandmother by themselves to come out and touch their power song. Instinctually, just like I, I would hand you the sticks right now and you'd be on grandmother drum and say, the power song comes out of your solar plexus. It's very, very powerful. It's not anything from your mind. It's not a singing song. It's not a healing song. It's like, wow. You know, it's like if you were a martial artist, that's, that's kind of, if you ever seen the Andakosa drummers or, or, or any of the Japanese drummers, when they go into that full on power, that's a power song. 
and uh, or you see Native American powwows when the men are singing in full power songs. Um, and we all need to claim that um, sound out of our own body. That is our our place where we can take the energy of the drum and really, really use it to break through uh, any glass ceilings in the heart, uh, mind, soul, past lives, is that soul song. And it's one of the ones that, you know, really took me uh, while we were building the drum, which is on Songlines of the Soul, my CD uh, that I created during the building of Grandmother Drum, because all those songs came to me to give me confidence and courage to walk this path. Hi, everybody. You know, apple cider vinegar is like a panacea that's been shown through all sorts of research to help with just about anything. And I personally love the stuff. I found it very, very beneficial on many levels. And Paleo Valley's apple cider vinegar complex is absolutely awesome. And I've got Autumn Smith, their founder here right now to tell you why it will be a great addition to your life. Autumn, what is it about your cider vinegar complex that we should all know about? <laughs> well, I created the apple cider vinegar complex because I was on a mission to not only live as long as possible, but to feel amazing when I did that. And I learned about apple cider vinegar's incredible ability to help keep our blood sugar very nice and stable, which is one thing we know people who live long, healthy lives have. And then I added organic cinnamon and organic ginger and organic turmeric, all that have different benefits of their own from anti-inflammatory properties to brain benefits. And we put them all into capsules so that you could take it and then have your digestion feel better. You could have more energy. You could have, you could avoid the ups and downs all day long because you have that nice stable blood sugar. And of course, another interesting side is that apple cider vinegar may actually be able to help your body break down glyphosate. So there are so many different ways that you can use this product and reasons that you might. And the the reason it's so important to me is because I want food to be used as medicine. And so we can encourage our bodies to do all of these amazing things simply by the addition of the apple cider vinegar complex. Well, I also love that you have ginger in there because it's a very effective anti-parasitic. And today with the amount of processed food people are eating, uh, it's a really good idea to have some ginger in your diet. So I love this product myself. I use it every morning. And uh, Autumn, where can people get it and what's their discount? You guys can all save up to 15% off with the checkout code CHECK. That's lowercase C-H-E-K 15. And I just wanted to mention too, the number one thing I hear from people is that this complex helps them reduce cravings. So I hope you That's all love it. Yes. So go to Paleo Valley, P-A-L-E-O Valley.com and get your 15% discount. And I hope you love it as much as I do.
as I was watching your movie, I have a big drum I bought from, um, it was made by a Native American Indian in Colorado. I picked it up in Durango, Colorado, and it's the stump of a tree. So it's, it probably weighs about 200 pounds and it's probably about three feet across at the top with a buffalo skin on it. And it makes a beautiful, deep, thundering sound. So it, it's really lovely. But uh, what I what came to me while I was watching your movie is I want to get a powwow drum because in our house, we have a, a room we call the music room, which is a beautiful living room with a piano and a shaman's drum. And we like to take the kids in there. And I just thought, you know, you've inspired me to get a powwow drum and put it in the center of the living room so that we can all play the drum together as a family, like you were doing with grandmother drum. Mm -hmm. Well, we have trained a hundred, uh, we call them community drums, not to interfere directly with the powwow um, protocol and, and circuit. Um, although I've played on powwow drums and I'm, I was a member of a, an intertribal drum group um, because there is very specific protocol to those drums and they're very attached to the, those tribes. So in order to not, you know, step on their uh, traditions in any way, we, we call them community mother drums. And uh, we actually mount crystals in ours, uh, which are suspended by ropes uh, from the four directions, uh, which amplifies their healing capacity, which we really haven't talked about much because grandmother drum is the only crystal inlay drum of her kind in the world uh, and what that really does. And um, we train people, uh, Jason just went through that training um, for full days online we did uh, this year because of um, the global scene, uh, but normally we do it in person and then they make their drum in with us in ceremony um, because that's a very, very sacred act, the community drum. It's very different than having a, a personal drum. Um, the kind of responsibility and accountability to the spirit of that drum is community drums are have a mission. Like when I got grandmother drum, it had a mission, you know, it's like a child, you know, it has a mission. Uh, personal drum is used for our own healing, but the community drum is, is in service. So it's a little bit, you know, I guess you could say higher calling to it, but not in any stretch of, you know, any story or trappings of ego, but just the trappings of more care and more respect and more ability because when it comes into community it can activate people very strongly and if they're not aligned it brings up anger and you know you've seen that in rock concerts when the drums go that people can you know turn and so that power that those community drums really have for you know community awakening and coming together is so beautiful and it also means that the person who's the drum keeper has to have some really solid ground um, besides the fact that they're song keepers and learning how to lead songs and all that is more of our training is about the balance of how to be the facilitator of this kind of energy, um, what it looks like to do a drum circle with the community drum and how it joins the djembes and other instruments, how we journey people and meditation under the, uh, the community drums, what kind of sticks we want to use to evoke that deep meditation and all of that. So. Um, we are so excited because, um, we had one more that was going to step into the river, uh, that spirit told me. And I bought uh, one more frame I had made, um, for Jason's group that, um, he's in. So maybe that's you, Paul. I don't know. And, uh, maybe you're going to step into that river with us. Um, luckily this time we, we 
videotaped all of those for other keepers so that if we're not doing that training in this moment, they can still take that training. So, uh, but we have a hundred keepers around the world that went through this and are doing community work, family work, uh, hospice work, work in the schools. Um, and I think that we've come to, after my 20 years around the world, kind of the essence of what a drum keeper has to have in their tool belt um, to be able to facilitate this level of, of healing and shamanic work. I think I'll create a new category for my drum, then it'll be called the family drum. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. It'll be our own family ceremonial drum. Oh, beautiful. Well, we'd be honored to make it for you and make it in ceremony with you and, and with that intention. Um, they're anywhere between 28 uh, inch and 36 inches in diameter. And they're yeah. made with buffalo hide and um, cedar and uh, maple and birch. That's uh, the strength of the wood. And then we do um, a lot of ceremony. So we get the name of that drum. And again, it's it's personal mission and how it's to be utilized. And um, yeah, you're always welcome. Everyone's always welcome into this circle. We're all in the same family, right? Everyone. That's, yes, that's beautiful. Mm. You know, uh, what I've learned from talking to Jason is that you've walked quite a trail of, of tears in your own life. And I certainly have myself. Uh, Carl Jung says no tree can grow to heaven until its roots reach to hell. And I'm, uh, I've got my feet in hell. And, and, uh, so I have a very good sense of what direction to keep going with my choices in life and my values. I'd love it if you can give us a biographical overview of your life and how you became a shaman and medicine woman and the, uh, path to the drum as a force of integration so that people can get more of a sense of who, who you are and how you shaped into this woman. Wow. Well, you know, um, Gabrielle Roth, she used to be one of my favorite urban shamans when she started her, her work there. And, uh, she was interviewed and they said, so how did you get to this work? And she said, through my pain. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. So we all take that journey uh, of, of having to heal ourselves. Um, you know, I, I don't like to go into minutia detail here, um, but uh, healing in, in my uh, early 20s of incest and um, doing some major work with that and working with uh, several medicine people, Penobscot um, Medicine Woman from Maine and different people that were here living in Alaska as far as Alaskan shamans. And then um, I was a lover of the earth always, and you know I spent a lot of time in the wilderness uh, as a wilderness guide. I was the youngest woman to climb North America's highest peak here in Alaska, Denali, and you know just was always in that initiation with Mother Earth, and that taught me many many things about right living uh, to come back in harmony. But my personal journey unfolded so much deeper with grandmother drum because I became more of a public figure and, and I was always very, very afraid of that. Um, and didn't think I had the courage to face my own, uh, issues that were deep down of feeling unworthy and boy, <laughs> you know, you can't be around a big drum and get away with that. So, um, you know, that really just, uh, expedited the process and, uh, into my forties when, um, the Native American uh, 
a movement came up against me on the the U.S. tour. Um, I was threatened with my life uh, in numerous locations in the United States, and uh, including, uh, I told you, a group breaking into our performance in the East Coast, um, in Troy, Michigan, and different places. And um, and that was just like um, help me to be the person my dog thinks I am. Uh, I was just pushed to the envelope, and and then beyond, I I broke open in another way. Uh, in addition to that, on the Australia tour, one of my staff um, got bitten by a brown snake, went into a coma um, for thirteen days, and passed into the spirit world at the age of thirty-one. And that was one of the areas that made me cry, by the way. Yeah, that was that was that was just sad. Uh, you know, I, I trust the divine plan, but there, just the the whole that was the emotion of that was conveyed quite strongly in the in the uh, movie, and it it definitely struck me on the inside. Yeah, I that was my that was the end of it for me. Like I didn't want to be here. I thought that I was a, a complete fraud. That everything I did was wrong. Um, that why would they lead me into something like this? Who do I actually work for? You know, and it was, um, yeah, the, the, um, lining of hell. We both know, you mentioned that I know the rooms very well. And it was a very, very intense time, uh, especially for about five years post that. But it took me a total of a decade to really understand that initiation. And it was very, very shattering for me. Um, and questioning everything that I ever knew and the grandmothers themselves. Um, and so this was when I feel that um, my medicine got born. <laughs> yeah, my brother committed suicide. So I had sort of similar experience that you're describing when that happened. I think it uh, rocked the whole family to the very core of our being and took me many years to recover and in uh probably over five years of shamanic ceremonies i kept thinking okay i've cried five gallons of tears now it must be over and it just it, it was amazing to me how long it took for me to actually get to a place of equanimity within myself over that that's really beautiful it's really beautiful i, I thank you for that exposure and um you know, I, I grew up in that environment because my mother was suicidal throughout my entire childhood and, and early teens. And um, I wrestled with her more than once with a knife. Um, so I'm very experienced at that. Um, and in fact, as, as we're having this call, my mother passed into the spirit world about eight weeks ago now, um, but beautifully uh, at 89. And uh, it was an amazing journey that my mother provided for me as as um, I entered this work. So, you know, uh, that's what, of course, put me in my first healings, but, you know, it, it just kept being amped throughout my life to keep me, you know, moving. And I think that none of us out there who are listening do not have a story to tell, uh, regarding this. The difference, um, that I find is for those of us that go into the breakdown and they stay in the breakdown, um, and you are meant to break down. You know, that is the whole purpose is that you're breaking down a, a certain a level of consciousness to go to a different level. And you have to, that, that consciousness has to die. And it's not a pretty picture. Death is messy. Birth is messy, you know. Yeah. But if you realize that there is no death and that there's only a rebirth at a different level, 
uh, we're eternal. There's, you know, this isn't like, you know, we have this such a small concept of infinity. We don't, we don't even know how to comprehend that and that we have infinite lives and that, you know, we're here forever, that it's just that awareness that there's only birth happening, not really death. So, but we get stuck in that um, attachment to life on this dimension in this life and what it means. And so to get that truth removed to a much higher truth is necessary in the spiritual process. And, you know, none of us really like it while it's happening per se, until we get enough experience at it to know how to cooperate with our initiations. And then they become super powerful. Yeah. It takes, uh, it takes some maturing. I think you have to uh, go through enough pain and, and uh, situations to get to the point where you realize that running and drugging and victimizing uh, ultimately retard the healing process. And, and there comes a sort of a, a maturation process uh, like, like the fermentation of a wine where you wake up one day and realize, all right, I've been through these kinds of things before, but this time I have to sit with it and handle it and uh, be present and learn instead of uh, naming, blaming, rejecting, hiding, running, uh, etc. Well, there's, you know, our, again, our, you know, very humorous kahuna would say there's only two kinds of healing now or later. <laughs> yes, that's very good. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm super excited to announce an amazing offer from Bioptimizers for those of you that have never tried Masszymes, which are my favorite enzymes. I use them every day. I use them to help me digest food, and I also use them to help clean up my body to increase athletic performance and recovery. But I wanted to share Wade Lightheart with you because he's here with me today, and he can tell you some of the most important things that Masszymes can help you with. Yeah, Masszymes is great for bloating, gas, indigestion brain fog if you're waking up with you know that kind of foggy feeling crust in your eyes bad breath it's oftentimes because of undigested protein right masszymes is the strongest proteolytic enzyme blend on the market today it uses cultured enzymes which are 10 to 100 times more potent than a regular enzyme it also includes 14 other enzymes involved as well as astrologous root and what it does is it will convert essentially take one gram of protein and create the equivalent of three grams of amino acid, which is what your body actually needs. Normally, our digestive powers wane significantly by the time that we're 30 or 40 years old. And that's right. why a lot of athletes have a hard time recovering. Yes. Masszymes boosts recovery, transforms your digestion, and improves your clarity and focus, as well as a little energy boost. That's amazing. So you have a, a really amazing offer for people. Can you share that offer because I've, uh, this is a rare offer. So wait till you hear this one. Well, if you've never tried Masszymes before, we're going to make this super easy. In fact, we're going to give all of your listeners a free bottle of Masszymes. Just go to www.masszymes.com slash Paul free. That's M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S.com slash Paul free, and you will get a free bottle. And of course, if you have tried Masszymes, of course, you can go to www.bioptimizers.com slash living4d. Paul10 is the discount code. That's 
small Paul 10. And you'll get 10% off all Bioptimizer's products. And it's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com. So thanks, Wade. That's an amazing offer. You guys take advantage of this offer because these are definitely the best enzymes I've ever tried in my life. And I've tried a lot of them. So once you try them and you feel how beneficial they are, I guarantee you, you're going to see that mass symes are not a cost. They're an investment in your health and vitality. Wade, thanks for sharing today. Love having you here. Always best to get the wisdom right from the master himself. Thanks so much, Paul. Aho, great spirit. You know, and, and the breakdown, you know, is an important process to stay present for. But then there's the breakthrough. And um, what I say to people whenever they go on about the past or they're, you know, victim of this or that, I said, what's waiting to be claimed in you? What is waiting to be claimed? What's the resource? Because it's that personal spiritual sovereignty that we have to own, that there's no, that we're sovereign. Yes. When it- Whoa! You know. When it comes to life and death, I teach my students, it's wise to remember that life and death are the names for two halves of a circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, they work with each other for each other. And, um, you know, but, you know, regardless of our, our stories, it, you know, I definitely had the opportunity to learn from so many to how to utilize, you know, uh, my teachings, you know, that's what Osho said, you know, use it. You know, it doesn't matter. Use it to awaken. It doesn't matter what it is. And um, I think about a year ago now, just a little over a year ago now, I was I was fighting for my life um, in the hospital. And it was a great, great experience because, you know, I was in the matrix. I was totally in the matrix. I have stayed outside of that matrix my whole life. And, you know, here I am in the matrix of the Western medicine. And they did some amazing things. I'm totally grateful. And um, also there was some other things that weren't so great. But what was the best is I got to, like, use my inner world to find out what was true and what I would feed. And, um, And that was just mind blowing. You know, I thought that I had done that, but you know, it's when you're pushed to the edge, that's just where the living comes, you know? So although I don't teach that way, although a lot of teachers I've had have been the hard teachers, I don't teach that way. But I also say to people when those experiences come, because they do, life is like, you know, full of joy and struggle is that when those experiences that we don't try to move away from them, like, I don't want to 
have that. It's just not in my world, you know, it's, it's to lean in and breathe out, to lean into those things that are our edges, because that's where the growth is. And we can do that if we love ourselves enough to lean in instead of leaning away. Yeah, well, when you're on the edge, you got a choice. You can fall or you can fly, and it really is up to us to decide how we're going to handle that. Yeah, well, you know, I was in that moment of truth, and um, I've had those a few times. I've had five, four or five near-death experiences in my life, but this one was kind of like the PhD. <laughs> and I don't know why, you know, that's my choice to attract that as my teaching modality. But I was just like, really, this is a big one. And um, yeah, I had some complications, and I was in a full-blown heart attack as, wow. as well. And, um, and they couldn't get my heart, uh, my blood pressure down. So I was like in 240 and I was riding this for hours, you know, with more nitroglycerin than, you know, uh, you know, I felt like, okay, Superman, I had more nitro here. Um, and, um, I had a super rare tumor that was leaking adrenaline to my heart. And it was just like this whole thing just unfolded. And, I, it brought up so much of my spiritual ego and all these kinds of stuff. It was just a great story, you know? Mm. And um, on the other side, I had my, you know, I went in for like a tiny basal cell that I had on my nose that I tried naturally to heal for a long time. And I was finally feeling like, okay, I have to surrender to this. And um, came out of that surgery at 240 over 140. And, um, decoding in days in the hospital that I had in adrenal tumor. Um, that was the kickoff for everything. And so, uh, which is only two in one million, one in two, two in one million gets. That's how it is. I'm a two in one million. And um, so uh, landed in the perfect storm in the hospital in Seattle. That was the only hospital on the West coast for this exact um, rare thing that I landed in. Wow. And, just all like the eye of the perfect storm. And uh, it was 21 days of my life. And I called it the 21 days to change your life program. And it was just, if I can say the words kick ass, like, you know, it was just amazing spiritually. And I was very asleep for the first days. Um, they thought I had colon cancer, like they just put out the death sentence things. And my my wife looked at me like, oh, my God, you know, oh, my God, you know, and uh, I was told by the Gramblers I'd lived to 125. And so this was like such a shock. I was, you know, 60 years old going, what? You know, this is not this is not according to plan. And it just it was uh, a wonderful um, days of being in that first place of feeling the victim of that circumstance or that I might die. And then realizing that there wasn't any death and that I could completely change my reality here, uh, of which I did. And, um, and that was just a, you know, it was a miraculous journey. It was a miraculous story. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that, uh, test. I wouldn't call it in per se, but, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, how I chose to work with it and, um, and come out the other side. So, yeah, there's an old saying, if you want to make God laugh, just tell her you got a plan. Yeah, or, you know, um, you know, people think they've arrived somewhere. Maybe I thought I arrived somewhere, and the journey continues. And if we're on this planet, we're always here to grow and to continue to open um, to knowing that we are God incarnate. 
Um, and we can command this body from the spirit world and, you know, all of those things. And that is, yeah, again, philosophy until we have our experiences and we awaken from within ourselves, those truths. And, um, you know, we work specifically with helping people now really come on to um, the medicine wheel of teachings. And in particular, right now, uh, people are asking so much, what is my purpose here? So, you know, this program we've got, which is based on this spiritual sensuality concept, is about people really getting a hold of their five sacred purposes and to align their lives to that right now. We we just have to get into resonance. Um, it's all we have to do. And that's the principle of Kina Ole um, that you were mentioning you wanted to talk about that the Hawaiians have and and that I've kind of used that as a springboard for some of our teachings that we carry anyway and just kind of how it marries that yeah you know one of the questions i wanted to ask you about is there's definitely a a a revival of shamanism and and connection to the concepts of shamanism and and uh you know there's a lot of people that i don't know they take a weekend workshop or they uh, read a book or whatever but they're actually marketing themselves as shaman and I've had so many people over the last probably six years come to me that have been uh, typically overdosed or picked up entities in group settings or uh, gone through experiences that left them really quite shattered. And um, I'm just curious, what is your feeling about what is triggering this revival of shamanism? I certainly have my own opinions, but I'm just curious to hear your own. I don't know if it's, it's about triggering. Uh, it's an unearthing that's taking place, a return to innocence and a return to origins. Um, I'm not here to judge anybody who, who claims themselves a shaman. And, you know, in traditional cultures, you're not even allowed to use that. Uh, you know, they'll say only other people call you that. You don't call yourself that. There's a lot cultures but today we call ourselves healers or shamanic healers or whatever practitioners and we're all you know in the process of being qualified <laughs> you know and one of the things that um, I utilize um, in that is this understanding of that that spiritual sovereignty um, Harry is again I was going to Harry because he makes me laugh all the time um, Harry, you know, basically says that how he starts his sessions is, I don't know, you don't know, we don't know, and here we go. (laughs) I love it. I don't know, we don't know. So, you know, that spiritual sovereignty is like, I give you the birthright. And what what is, um, you know, more of the sickness is we want to project our ideal onto the shaman or this person. Like we have this maybe Hollywood understanding of shamanism. And so we don't take accountability when things are wrong in a ceremony it's, or wrong in, in how we're treated. I mean, this is medicine. It's a practice. And, you know, Western medicine has, has had terrible history of, of uh, misusing their abilities because they're still practicing. <laughs> and so we have to kind of make room for that and take a little bit more accountability, which means that we are sovereign spiritually and that we, we only um, attract to the people that recognize that 
That to me is a true shaman that recognizes your spiritual sovereignty. How do you define what a shaman is and how do you personally distinguish a medicine man or woman from a shaman? Well, when we say medicine man or woman, some uh, in traditional cultures, they may specialize in something very specific like plant medicines or uh, herbal uh, medicines. Um, and, you know, a shaman is, a, is more of working with the words of the clair senses, you know, clair audience and being able to see into other dimensions beyond this reality um, to retrieve information, soul essences, um, information, past lives. So, you know, these are the seers, these are the uh, clairaudience, these are the sentients, and we all have this capability. It's not yes, we do. out to anyone. Um, but it's, again, like anything, how long have you been practicing and, and who have your teachers been and, and what inner work have you done? You know, um, it's not taking a Reiki level one and just going out there. It's when I teach our students, now we have a method that the grandmothers and grandfathers directly channeled uh, through me. Uh, called the Crystal Skull Method. It's a 32-point method to activate um, the total energy field through the pineal, pituitary, thalamus, and hypothalamus, um, opening the light body fully. And it's a very, very powerful technique. We're learning. We're, we're the guinea pigs. <laughs> the grandmothers are making me. The, they've talked about it for two decades, and I am finally made myself available in 2018. We started the channeling of this method, and we've had the first uh, certified students. They're out teaching, um, I mean, out giving sessions and that. But the majority of the certification is not just learning what these points are about and learning you know, acupuncture and Ayurveda and what the background to some of these points are in other um, methods around the world, not just CSM, but it's how do we deal with clients when we trigger them and they, they go into trauma in front of us. And, you know, this is what um, is, to me, a real facilitator, a real sh shamanic practitioner, somebody that can deal with deep states of psychosis and trauma. And most people cannot. And they are dancing in areas, especially with plant medicines, they are way over their heads. Plant medicine the PhD of opening that door of consciousness, um, as well as the method of CSM. Now it has the same effect as plant medicine. It is requires a skill set to go with it. And that's this is not about creating another 60s experiment with with drugs. Um, and you know, plant medicines is so powerful for allowing us to to really see and become one with the face of God in us. And it's always going to give us whatever is in the way of that. All of our shadow will come up in its wake. Um, maybe not in the ceremony because you're in that real lift with, with spirit. But after the ceremony, then the life has to get aligned to that. And that's a really tricky business, especially when it comes to um, understanding um, the shields, what we call the five shields. And our shields dimensionally, which means throughout um, time, you know, throughout past lives. And that gets complex. It's not complicated, but it is complex. And people who, you know, have some psychology background, usually, you know, they have some tools, but it needs to have the depth of shamanic tools and understanding 
um, that isn't a weekend event, that isn't a workshop where you become a healer. Um, our training for CSM1 is a year-long training uh, at just at level one. And, um, you know, I keep an ongoing support to them through a monthly uh, conference call because this is what happened in traditional shamanism. You had the shaman to go to, to, to go, listen, I came up against this. What should I do? Like, I need help. And uh, everybody's uh, looking at this instant coffee method. And that's, that's my only, you know, I guess it's a judgment, I, I guess. But it's my only discernment, I would call it, is how much experience uh, does the person have with this? And also um, not giving away your spiritual sovereignty to anyone, including me. I define a judgment as a statement or an action that cuts you off from the other person. But an observation is saying what you see or experience without disconnecting yourself from the heart or the value of the other person. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, I define as discernment, you know, discerning what's good for us in any given moment based on where we are. Doesn't mean it doesn't work for other people. It's just not what we need at this moment in time. And so we can discern that. And that's, that's sovereignty. That's being willing to be accountable to our own spirit and not put the blame at anyone's feet. Uh, and we do get inundated with many, many choices right now, which can be a wonderful thing. Um, we just have to have that discernment of going into the, the five R's, I call it, of the medicine wheel. Um, and that is first and foremost an, the North teaching of the medicine wheel. And I don't know if we want to jump into the medicine wheel right now, but, you know, that's how I really teach everything is through this concept of, of the circle and where the elements fit and what they deal with in ourselves as far as our shields, our personality shields, um, as well as all the elemental energies uh, that, that we can tap into for empowerment. Um, that's why native people do sweat lodges and because the fire is such a, a literal purification, not a figurative one. We're in that, that lodge. We are in that heat and it symbolizes the, the opening of the body so that when we are in spiritual or emotional heat, we can withstand it. You know, glutathione is an extremely powerful antioxidant. I don't know if any of you've ever noticed on my YouTube videos from uh, a couple of years ago, I had a spot forming just below my left eye, which was the result of me doing so much research on herbs. And Angie, who is a nutritionist, said, you should try some glutathione. Maybe you need more antioxidant support. And literally day by day, I watched it disappear as soon as I started taking glutathione. But I didn't have the kind of glutathione that Symbiotica produces in their new Regenesis product. So I've got Shervine here to really explain what is unique about their new glutathione product. Shervine, what can we expect from Regenesis? Well, that's an interesting story, Paul, um, regarding that spot. And it just shows you exactly how strong glutathione is. We went out of our way. You know, it took us about 18 months to develop this, a lot of hard work. The entire team of scientists got together. And what we found was that most glutathions on the open market oxidize because of the sulfur compound that's attached to it. As soon as oxygen hits it, you get this sulfur you know, layout, which is very, very unpleasant. Our glutathione, which is liposomal, so it is protected, is bounded to lactoferrin. Lactoferrin is the, 
is the amino acid chain that makes colostrum colostrum. So this is our first non-vegan formula. It's still vegetarian, but it isn't vegan. Along with that, we have CoQ10, PQQ, which is pyroclinolone, which is a good brain nootropic, and lactobacillus rhamnosus, a human strain probiotic. All of these come together. It supports healthy intestinal tract, mitigates food environmental allergies, improves nerve growth factor, reinforces the immune system, neutralizes free radicals, antiviral, antibacterial, removes heavy metals, and just boosts the brain-gut relationship, which we know now is so critical to longevity and optimum health. This is truly one of our favorite, favorite formulas. Also, unlike a lot of supplements, it tastes very, very good. I was super <laughs> impressed when I tried it. Yeah, we find that to be very important. And again, we don't use anything artificial. Everything is organic. They're all extracts and there's zero sugar in any of our products. Awesome. So head on over to C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. That's symbiotica.com. And on checkout, use your code, capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 15, to get your 15% discount on Regenesis and any of the other amazing products at Symbiotica. Enjoy. And if you have spots on your skin, you might just get rid of them with this amazing product. White Eagle, there's a lot of different indigenous prophecies that uh, have different things to say about where we're potentially headed and where we're at right now. I'd love it if you could share from your perspective as a healer and someone who's done a lot of work with cultures all around the world, where you feel we're at right now. Well, I really honor and recognize all of those prophecies because they are all pointing in the same location, whether it's, it's biblical pro prophecies of, of the rapture or it's the Hopi and Navajo talk about the coming together uh, of the whirling rainbow prophecy, but also the grandmothers. It's a very specific point to the reconciliation of the feminine um, in the hearts and minds of consciousness of humanity. And that is the, you know, the Hopi prophecies talks about when the grandmothers speak, the earth will heal. Um, there are prophecies that talk about the tribes once again being run by women. Um, in Alaska here, we have when the children bring the drum back to the village, the cultures will be revived. So this heartbeat of the earth and this heartbeat of the feminine. And what does that really mean in our consciousness? Um, the grandmothers called this the global menopause <laughs> ah, <that's cute. laughs> that we're in. And uh, it's this pause. And what is it needed for? Um, 
to move us from the, the understanding of social, environmental, political uh, sustainability to even deeper into the roots. We got to dig down further uh, into soul sustainability. And what does that mean? That means we have to align to our true purpose here. And the divine feminine, you know, my understanding of that as a woman is um, very diverse in that it's not about women and men. It's about this uh, innate part of the feminine, which is the listener. If there was a part of the body that I would call the feminine, it would be the ears. It is the receiver from our spirit of our instructions. It listens. And then as it listens to that divine guidance, which I call the first R of the medicine wheel, the North, ringing, hearing the call. Truth rings like a bell. We hear that call of spirit. And then we show up and we take action on that guidance and get into resonance with that. That's the second R word in the East. As the sun rises, then we get into resonance. What's our true resonance? It's our authentic self. So that's the second R word. The South is to get into rhythm with that resonance. And the West is to be fully responsible to that. That's that spiritual sovereignty coming back in. And so that we can meet that oneness in the center, which we call rapture. And this understanding of gaining the five purposes. Um, you know, I was on a call, um, it was on a movie series called Time of the Sixth Sun. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. On all over the world, um, Nikki was 11 maybe 11 or 15 years in the making, and we crossed paths all over the world. It's an eight docuseries, fabulously done, and I'm one of the people in the film, and we just did a live feed on Facebook for today. She wanted to interview each of the people, like an individual interview. And what was I the name of it? Sorry, what was the name of it Time again? Time of the Sixth Sun. Time of the Sixth Sun? Yes. Yeah. And where where is it available? Online. You know, you can watch the series free for a period of time and then, you know, you purchase it. And um, it's a wonderful series, just fantastically done. And, and they've put so much love um, with the elders of the world uh, that she interviewed. We were side by side in so many parts of the world together. Um, that's how we met. And uh, I just happened to be the one up for um, March of this year. Um, when she wanted to start doing single interviews of the people in the film. And I hit right when uh, the COVID thing locked us inside in the menopause. And uh, 7,000 people hit that Facebook Live, crashed the website. And we were like, I, I said, I don't know. You know, I'm not that popular, so I don't know why. You know, like it was kind of a fluke. And so she said, um, I'm watching the, the questions on the right-hand side of the page um, on the Facebook feed. And she said, everybody's asking if you'll address um, them personally about their purpose because everybody is now up against the, the edge and wanting to know why they're really here. Suddenly with this threat, whether it's real or perceived, and I'm not going to answer that question uh, is that it pushed everybody into the corner. And I'm so grateful for that because people are asking the real questions because underneath earth sustainability is soul sustainability. We have to come in alignment with our soul. And so those five purposes is what we launched right after that was spiritual sensuality and unearthing your true purpose, because 
everyone was calling forth that from me and and I wanted to give provide them with those teachings and those practices. So we've gotten so much feedback from that. We're going to run it again in, in the beginning of the new year. And that is the five purposes. So our East purpose, which is the element of fire in our warrior spirit, is our soul purpose. And that is what gifts, talents that we came into this life with from past lives. You know, you're using the word soul, but that's like the word God. Could you define exactly what you mean when you use that word? I can. Your soul, I, I call the Kabbalah your soul. You know, the Kabbalah is the vehicle, you know, and that is your essence that travels from lifetime to lifetime, accumulating knowledge, wisdom, and consciousness. Your spirit changes its personality each life. We call it the spiritual personality because your spirit is here to demonstrate something this lifetime. That's good. It's just, uh, I just want everybody to understand you because, you know, absolutely those, those words carry a lot of meaning and, and people, people can go very sideways thinking you're saying one thing when you're really saying something else. Yeah, when we do soul work, we're doing Akasha work. We're doing work in the genetic history, our ancestral lines, is because that's the soul. It carries that that genetic blueprint all through space-time. Uh, the spirit personality is, you know, what we call our higher self right now, or our God self, is that um, personality that the one uh, incarnates as, as our spirit this lifetime, to demonstrate something. That's the center, and we'll get to that in just a second. So the East or warrior spirit is our sole purpose. South is water in our medicine wheel and it's life purpose. It's what we're here to give or teach this lifetime. Our West purpose, which is our earth element is our work purpose. That's like the practical, like what we're here to serve and, and practically do like you're doing with this 4d. Okay, that's your practical service. Your north is your higher purpose. It's the air element, eagle, condor medicine. And it is what you're here to learn or receive this lifetime. And these all play together very, very well. If you look at north-south right now, I just said, the north is to receive, south is to give. So this beautiful figure eight goes between them of giving and receiving because that's the reciprocity of this wheel. And it's also, you know, helps us to understand that most of us are teaching what we're trying to learn, right? It's part of those, the higher purpose, life purpose are very interwoven. And the soul purpose, what we came in with gifts is very, very connected to the West purpose, which is our service this lifetime. Now, what drives all of this is not this periphery of the wheel, is the center. That's the spiritual purpose. Yeah, that's the axle of evolution. Yeah, that's this is the spiral. So here is where the spirit is demonstrative. It is not receptive. The spirit is here in matter to demonstrate something to matter. <laughs> that's you true. Know? Okay, so what we're saying is our spiritual purpose is what we're here to demonstrate this lifetime or transmute or transform some spiritual uh, truth that we are going to make real here. 
So Harry's, I love too, because he has this um, personal one that he always says, love prevails all trauma. That's his line. So that's a spiritual purpose right there. It's love prevails all trauma. So that might be my spiritual purpose this life to demonstrate that love prevails all trauma. That's great. Okay. So those five are the guiding force of your, your alignment. The four R's hearing the call, get in resonance. This is the alignment that we are desperately needing. Now it is not about, you know, it is out there. I know that we can make it better out there with outside things and better rules and regulations or whatever. But the true transformation is when people are going to own these purposes and live in accordance to them straight from spirit, nowhere else. Again, straight from sovereignty. And when that happens, then we have synergy and we have harmony. And we have the universe, the one song. Everybody's playing their instruments. It doesn't mean, like you say, there isn't dissonance at times. But we find the place where those purposes all overlap, which they do. And we can come into commitment together to bring our unique gifts to the collective purposes. I think that's beautiful. I love to invite people. Um, I have um, a free gift to give everyone from this beautiful awesome. we've had. And and that is, you know, people say, well, I don't get these messages from my soul. Like, I, I'm not one of those kind, you know. And I say, they're always talking to you. You just aren't familiar with the kind of communication that your soul does. So I've put together a little hour clip for everyone with a handout on 10 messages from your soul, how your soul communicates with you every single minute of the day and how you can get those answers and get in that alignment. You're not, no one's an exception. Everyone gets that communication. You're just, just not paying attention to it. And all we're going to do is teach you how to pay attention to it. And it's, you know, very, very simple things that can help you attune all day long to hearing that soul guidance that's coming through you at any given moment. And so that's the free gift. And then, you know, I will do a course and again in January where we do eight weeks in depth with a beautiful playbook and meditations and fun things to help you access and perfect those five purposes. We get them down to one sentence. Beautiful. And that becomes your guiding light, you know, and, and going, does this fit in my filter? You know, is this where I'm supposed to be? Because we're all trying to be too many things in this current generation. It's like, do the, just take your place. And that's the, the word that I will complete this on, which is the Hawaiian word kina ole. How do people get the free gift? Um, they can go in the link below this uh, when you load this, and uh, the, the link will be there. Um, I gave it to Peggy, um, Penny, I mean, and so she can put that there and they can just click on that. They'll get that free gift. Okay. So we'll, we'll put it in the show notes then. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I just have one closing question for you. If you knew you were going to leave the earth plane tomorrow, what would be your parting message for the people of the world? You like to ask those simple questions. Um, These two words of, the Huna 
which is Kina Ole and Kiwana. And Kina Ole is that alignment. And it means being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing for the right reason, for the right person, the first time. Well, that's certainly a great meditation for all of the listeners and all of us. What a great journey we've had together. And uh, I'm grateful that you're doing what you're doing in the world. And I'm excited to uh, share you with people. And hopefully uh, people will look into you. And uh, what's your website once again? It's uh, com. Great, whirlingrainbow.com. And I leave you with the final one, which is Kuana. And that one's a very, very sacred word. And it's really where we call for our spirit to bring all of the resources necessary for us to fulfill our mission here. So it's like, great spirit, could you show up with everything I need to complete my mission here? And there's only really one mission, that love is always forgiving. Not for taking or forsaking, but forgiving. And there's only one person on the planet. So when you give love to one person, you're giving it to the whole. Because there's no separation. So forgiveness or forgiving is this act of always being in the state of grace through conscious love. Conscious choosing to love in spite of whatever's going on, the conscious choice places you into that divinity. And you're only forgiving yourself because there's only one person. So when we get forgiveness has two meanings, the heart's forgiving and not for taking, and it's forgiveness. And the only person you're giving to is yourself. And that self is the body of humanity, the body of consciousness. And that would be my summary of the spiritual journey, the end and the beginning. I think we've brought the circle together. So beautiful journey together. And uh, thank you for sharing your life and your wisdom and your process and your offerings with the world and me. And I hope, uh, People feel moved by the music that we're sharing in the podcast. I know I certainly was. I hope you go to White Eagle's web website and watch the uh, video on the grandmother drum. It's extremely beautiful. And uh, I hope uh, many people find you for your wise grandmother training. Thank you. Mm. Well, we thank the grandmothers and the grandfathers and all the guardian spirits, all who walk with us in the sacred circle of the sisterhood and brotherhood of light. Thank you for being with each of us as the front line of our bloodlines to dance awake this dream on earth. A whole great spirit. It is done. It is done. It is done.
Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guest, White Eagle Medicine Woman. White Eagle is offering Paul's listeners the audio program, 10 Messages from Your Soul, to help you have eyes to see and ears to hear your soul's true calling and how to take action daily to nourish your soul so that you can serve your unique purpose to humanity and to Mother Earth. Get your copy at www whirlingrainbow.com forward slash unleash hyphen your hyphen soul hyphen purpose hyphen two you can follow white eagle on instagram at white eagle medicine woman 
and read the Whirling Rainbow Foundation blog on Tumblr at thewhirlingrainbowfoundation.tumblr.com. Connect with her on Facebook at Whirling Rainbow Foundation or Grandmother Drum International Peace Project or White Eagle Medicine Woman. Follow Paul on Instagram and Twitter at Living4D Podcast or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash Living4D with Paul Check. Remember, you can watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com and the Czech Institute's new media site, chikiva.com. 